Do your thing, big dog. Hello, fans. This is Kelly Prince. Welcome to Cash Recruiting Roundup. This episode is brought to you by IlliniGuys.com, a show where we discuss the world of recruiting. Um, our guest this episode is legendary Deion Thomas. And when I mean legendary, I mean, I'm probably going to laugh and smile the whole time if you can see my face because he knows what I think of him as a, as a person, as a basketball player. He's just a special guy. And, you know, we're going to talk today about recruiting and what it was like for Dion and what it's like today. And I really want people to understand, you know, what the difference is in recruiting. And what kind of brought me on to Dion was last week I was asked to be on a radio show and the host asked me, who was a bigger rivalry uh, for Illinois and Michigan or Iowa? And I kind of chuckled because to me, other than Hunter Dickinson, I don't see the rivalry with Michigan. For the young fans who've not been around, and hopefully you listen to this show because hopefully Dion can help educate you, this rivalry with Iowa kind of started with Dion. There's a reason why this started, and I'll let Dion explain that. And we'll go from there. And Dion, thanks for being a guest on my show. And I guess I'm just going to jump right into it. You know, um, tell us briefly kind of how this thing started with you and how you still feel about it. Well, first of all, let me let me I'm going to jump in on that question that that they asked you who the biggest rival, who our biggest rivalry. I, I, I never thought we had a rivalry with Michigan. Um, even when I hear some of our fans say it, you know, with the, all the muck Michigan shirts and things like that, I, I don't understand that. Maybe it was something that took place before me or what, but I, I don't get it. Um, our rivalry is Iowa. You know, the, the other team that stole our block eye, you know, the fake bird uh, to the <laughs> to the west of us because there's no such thing as a Hawkeye. Um, but, no, you know, and all of this really started – uh, as you mentioned, with me. And I don't think there was a big rivalry or anything like that ahead of time. I mean, there were guys that were from Chicago and from the state of Illinois that were playing for the Hawkeyes at that time. Um, but it really started with Bruce Pearl. Uh, Bruce Pearl was a young assistant at that time who, I guess, was trying to make his bones. And uh, he had started recruiting me. Uh, and, you know, to make a long story short, when I decided to go to Illinois, he went to his friend, and, and, and this is a college friend of his, and told them that I had, been, that I had received $80,000 and a blazer, a Chevy Blazer, to go to the University of Illinois. And I'm not going to use profanity on, on your show because I don't know if it's PG or PG-13, <laughs> but, that, but that is complete BS. And years later, he stopped me and my, my wife and I in New Orleans, and he apologized and said how he was just an overzealous uh, recruiter and with all of the things that, you know, all of the time that he had put into it, that he thought he was going to get some flag from his uppers, uh, you know, I guess Dr. Tom and whomever else, because that dude flew all the way to Amsterdam which was a clear violation right. um, when we were there. And, and I guess they, you know, but anyway, he apologized. He said he was an overzealous uh, recruiter and tried to remind me that, hey, I've never said anything negative about you or, or so forth and so on. But like I told him at that time, I was like, man, that was over 20 years ago. I, I don't have the steam in me uh, to be dealing with that. But 
that had, you know, that was the beginning uh, of the rivalry. Then I think it kind of went dormant a little bit um, right. after a while. Of course, not with the fans, or definitely not with the Illinois fans. But I think throughout the generations of players, it, it kind of went a little dormant until uh, just a few years back with, when Coach kind of approached Chin, you know, in the line after the basketball game and, and had some things to say about him. And that kind of sparked the rivalry again between uh, Illinois and Iowa. Dan, let me ask you real quick, and I'm going to go back to that. Talk about the recruiting. What what was it like? Because then there was no cell phone and text messages. What was it right. like then? And I remember one time a couple of years ago, you and I were talking to EJ Liddell when he was on campus at Illinois. But what's the difference, I mean, then versus now as far as recruiting? I mean, you were one of the, well, you were the top player in the country. Yeah. No, I mean, it was the – well, the, thank God <laughs> – because I don't know if I could deal with the way this stuff is today. I mean, these college coaches, and, and I was one uh, at, at a point, would have constant 24-hour access to, to these kids. And to give anyone 24-hour access to any minor, is, is, in my opinion, is an issue. Uh, when I was coming up, like you mentioned, there were no cell phones. There, there was none of that. But you could still make phone calls. Uh, at all, you know, there were no limit on phone calls at that time. I don't believe if there was, then there was a bunch of rule breaking going <laughs> on there too, because it was like my phone was ringing off the hook. And then you had the snail mail. I mean, you people would mail you letters all of the time and, and things of that nature. So I had boxes and boxes of, of letters, you know, with, with universities from coast to coast. Um, telling me how they wanted to recruit me, how they wanted me on their teams. And some had uh, given me, you know, examples of how I was going to play in their system and the things that they could do. So it, it's now these kids today just have so many, so many more connection points than I did. And also uh, when I was coming up, you didn't have the AAU, you know, so you didn't yeah. have outside people with so much access to you. It was your family and it was your high school coach. And I, I wish it was like that more. <laughs> wish it was yeah. like that today, you know, because I, I, even when I was coaching, um, just to look at how some of these parents and, and I call them street hustlers and how, street agents and how the street agents are, are, you know, pushing kids here or there. And I think there's just too much access to these, you know, young minds that, that you know, they may think they know how this game works when they have absolutely no idea because far too many coaches will smile in your face just to get you into their program. And then I'm not going to say you're not important, but they're on to the next one already while, while you're out there playing. And, you know, that's, that's the, 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 the black eye um, on, on kind of on recruiting. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was, um, uh, it's crazy today as compared to what we were doing then. I mean, this, this stuff is nuts, especially now with, you know, all the transfer portal and now guys got to recruit using NIL and, and all that, you know, it's just so much more, so many more distractions and, and outside people in, in these kids' lives that it has to be a lot more difficult than, than it was when I was um, coming up as a player or a coach. Not just Bruce Pearl. I mean, or did anybody – 
negatively recruit against Illinois to you? I mean, I see that sometimes happening now, saying why Illinois don't go to school there. Do they try to talk you against going to Illinois? Actually, no. Um, I don't recall seeing anyone negatively recruit or saying anything negative about uh, Illinois, Arizona. Uh, the worst thing they said about Minnesota and Coach Haskins was how cold it was. And I just remind people, dude, you realize I'm from Chicago. <laughs> it's, it's pretty doggone yeah. cold here, too. Um, but no, I, I, that was fortunate because one, you know, my high school coach played very close attention to that. And he would always tell me, uh, if a school comes to you and they're saying something negative about another school, then you don't want to go there anyway. He was like, right. you don't want, you want them to be able to shine on who they are, you know, and what they can do and how they can help you other than trying to tear someone else down to build themselves up. So, but I was fortunate. I did not have um, really any negative recruiting that I can, that I can recall uh, back then. Okay, um, we talked about today's recruiting. Um, let's look at two kids in Illinois. Let's look at Andre Cabello and Kofi Coburn. You know, mm-hmm. and they could have went anywhere in the country. They're two highly talented kids, and Trent Frazier, the same situation. Looking at those kids in Illinois, I mean, the amount of pressure that they have, in your opinion, I mean, you, you play the game at that level. You do the games on the radio station. Can you tell the listeners out there, what is that like? to go to practice every day. Cause I tell people to me, my kids, I've had two kids. I've been blessed to have two kids at the division one, division two level. It's a job, Dion. It's a full-time yeah. job. Yeah. Well, and, and this is one of the things that, you know, when I see some of the negative comments that, you know, so-called fans put out there about, you know, players on their team or any other team, it always amazes me because I don't think people understand. Uh, no, I don't think they don't think. I know they don't understand all that these kids have to go through. You know, try going to your job 24 hours a day. Uh, well, not 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then try to be gone and traveling while everything in your life is still going on. You know, being school, that is. So now you're away a lot of the time with school but yet you're still expected to be one of the best students uh, not just on your team but you know competing with kids that are in your class so and I don't think a lot of people understand how difficult that really is they look at the life of an athlete they're like oh yeah that is all glorious uh no and I'm here the first one to tell you that it is not it's not I mean and just when I was playing uh, KP, you know, we didn't have all of the social media that these kids have today. And it's like I mentioned earlier, people have 24-hour, seven-day-a-week access to players. And it's not always positive. It's negative. The stress that is on these kids to maintain their grades, to be productive on, on, and when they're on the court or when they're in practice, let alone the pressure that we put on ourselves as athletes to even crack the lineup and let, or, or be successful or, you know, try to make it to that like next level, you know, because you're carrying not just your weight. A lot of the time you mentioned Kofi, you mentioned uh, Andre Carbello, you know, myself included in this. <clears throat> Most of these kids like myself are coming from inner city uh, situations. Well, I shouldn't say inner city are coming from poor situations. 
you know, so you can be from the you can be from the country or you can be from the city and not know whether you're going to eat the next day or whether you're going to have light. You know, my grandmother and my mom used to say, "You steal from Peter to pay Paul." Right. So you're taking you're taking that pressure of being help being able to help your family, whether it's your mother, whether it's your mother, father, grandparents, brothers, siblings, because that's the opportunity that this game provides us. So you're taking that pressure that no 17 to 22 year old should have on their shoulders. You still have to do well in school because you are a student athlete. You have to maintain a certain GPA. And if you're, you know, and if the coach or the program or the university is worth their weight and salt, you know, you're going to have standards, cool. you know, like, and at the University of Illinois, you definitely have standards that you can't miss class. You better be trying to maintain a 3.0 or higher. You know, you because you're not just competing with your team. You're competing with the golf team. You're competing Correct. with the volleyball team. You're yeah. competing with all of these things from that level, from an academic standpoint as well. And let's just be honest. You know, I was fortunate. I had a lot of really good professors. But there are some people in academia that don't like the fact that athletes are in their class, don't Correct. like the fact that athletes get, you know, and I won't call it special privilege, but there's a little bit of slack because of all the traveling. Traveling, yeah. Illegal, yep. Yeah, so then they, you know, they make it hard for you. So I don't think people really get how difficult this actually is being a college athlete. They have no clue. No, they don't. And yeah, and is there some fun times in there? Yes. Being able to celebrate with your teammates, with your coaches, with other athletes that are in the program, it's fun. But it's a hell of a lot more pressure than there is on on that side as well. Trust me. I know I've heard Lovey Smith when he was there. Brett Bielema has mentioned it, and I know Coach Underwood because we're talking basketball. But I mean, I've heard all those guys talk about how tough it is to get in Illinois and what it's like for the student athlete because you just it's yeah. different. And then I know for a fact that they've lost kids. And I can tell you what, because as the average fan, you see a coach on TV. I look at Coach Underwood, and I think he's a great coach, and he's great to me. The amount of stress that he's under to deal with all those things that you just mentioned. It's not just the kids. He has to deal with everything, the parents, the day-to-day operation, yeah. the coaches, the recruiting. It, it is a big job. And one of the things I respect about him as a coach, you know, he recruits, but he delegates. And I like the fact that he delegates because he trusts his guys. But it is a hard, hard game to get into these families. And you have to deal with coaches. You have to talk to this guy to talk to that guy. Tom Izzo has made comments multiple times about how hard it is just to recruit Chicago. And I know Coach yeah. Underwood, yeah, it, it is. And it's difficult because it's a full-time job or it could be, you know, within itself. So, you know, I just, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, it is very difficult because when you see stuff on TV, you know, it looks good, but there's a lot of work, like you mentioned, that goes behind it, Dion. Yeah, they, they, I mean, people never understand that. And you just mentioned, now, you, we were talking about the players. The coaches' jobs are, huh, I mean, even harder. I mean, just try, you know, having your life, life of your family, your children, depend on the actions of a kid that's 18 to 22 years old. If they don't perform, you you don't have a job. Exactly. Exactly. And try being, you know, and and coach not only has to worry about him and his family, he has to worry about his assistant and their family, 
not to mention his weight coach and their family, because when a new coach comes in, more than likely he's bringing his own people and all of those people are out. Correct. I mean, the training staff, not to me, even the people in the office, this all falls under, you know, you use coach Underwood, so I'm going to use him. This all falls under him as, you know, under his purview is making sure that he's successful because when I was at UIC, mention the coach's name but when i was there my second year with this guy you could do your research and see who it is when he came in he basically got rid of everybody i mean if it wasn't for the athletic director myself and um another guy would not have been there wow wouldn't have been there with a clean house you know yeah he cleaned house and when i say clean house i mean the assistant that was at the front desk our um our dobo of course our um, media guy. I mean, everybody. It was crazy. So you are Coach Underwood's shoes. You have a, you have a job and a half. That's why people are like, man, these salaries are crazy. Yeah, they might be. But there's a whole lot of pressure that goes along with that. I mean, and people don't, don't understand the number of the, the divorce rate and coach. Yes. You know, all of this stuff is super high because there's so much pressure all the time on basically every decision that you make. And, you know, and one decision, the wrong decision can end your career and the careers of, you know, the people that are working for you. So, yeah, man, it's hard. It's crazy. It's crazy hard. It is. And that's why I said to you, I know it's a different day and age and you're right. You know, I know the salaries are different, but the amount of pressure and, you know, I, some coaches deal with it better than others. I think right now, Coach Whitman, he, Coach Whitman is, uh, not Coach Whitman, uh, Mr. Whitman has done a beautiful job of hiring first-class coaches, not just within the basketball program and volleyball, but like, I just enjoy personally because I'm a part of the media. The way Brett Bielema speaks and the way Coach Underwood speaks to people, it's it's good. I mean, it's just it's a breath of fresh air. It's just different. Yeah. You know, I remember a few years ago when uh, Tim Beckman was hired, Steve Bartle, you know, laughed. He was like, are you kidding me? Because it's just you have to be good at everything. And that's a part of it. So this staff is really, really good. Um, I think he's done. I think he's done a great job with it. And I do think. You know, for them juggling all these academics and getting these kids in school, it is hard because they're both putting a good product on the field. All the coaches are. Yeah. Um, but before I let you go, I want to go back to this real quick before I let you go. I, you know, we talked a little bit about off the air. I want to go back to this rivalry thing, which I said I was going to hit on. Um, I remember my first game in Iowa City was when that whole fiasco start, started with you. And mm-hmm. this is why fans want to know why the rivalry is that way. I walked in that gym, and every time, Dion, I didn't know you. I knew you as a player, but not like I do now. Every time you touched the basketball, if you shot a free throw, there was people screaming blazers, shaking keys and screaming. And I've told this story before, which you, you know, people could have seen your expression when I told you what was said about Kofi two years ago. You'd be surprised. The, the, The dislike between both of these schools it's I've, nothing I've never seen before. There's no, there's an Illinois Indiana rivalry because of Ed Gordon that was small. This rivalry is for years and years. I went to the yeah. Illinois and Iowa game this year and I still heard some of those same comments. The reason it kind of died out was because the teams were bad. The teams and nobody exactly. really cared. Now they're better. You know what I'm saying to you? Yeah. So I just want people to understand not that you're the blame, but you were the reason that kind of got this going. And it's good when teams are good, 
But the negative comments that I hear, like I use the Orange Crush because when the Orange Crush, they take shots, it's at the coach. Very rarely do I hear them take shots at players. players. Mm -hmm. And I sit directly behind them at press row. But these women and men that are 75, 50 years old, making personal shots at you at 18, 19 years old, or the things that they said about Kofi, as a grown man, I'll be honest with you, it breaks my heart to hear. And I think people, again, I don't know if Kofi heard those things. I can tell you this, if anybody who's listening to this asks Alfonso Plummer, the comments that the fans were making of him and I was hitting this year, you could tell because, you know, I told you before, when the game was over, he made a, you know, he makes that beautiful arrow gesture when he makes a three. He purposely directed it at one of the uh, fans during the game because they were heckling him the whole game, personally. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and that's the sad part about, the game itself. And I mean, and we've seen that on, on every level, you know, we've seen it in, you know, European soccer, we've seen it in the NBA, we've seen it, you know, at the, at the collegiate level. And in today's climate with all of the things that's going on, people just feel that they can say whatever it is that they want to say. Yeah. And the, the racial undertones that get thrown around, you know, when they're talking mainly about, you know, African-American players, and others is it's sad. It, it's sad. Now, I may be a little bit of a homer, and, and I'm proud of it. I've never heard someone from Illinois call anyone some kind of derogatory name. Me either. I, no. I just haven't heard it. Me either. You know, and like you said, we sit we sit over in press row uh, now, and we we can hear if some of the things are being said. I just have never heard anything like that directed at a player or a coach. But on the road. I've heard it, you know, I've heard it, you know, I heard it aimed at me, like you said, when I was there. I mean, so, you know, and unfortunately, I don't think all the people in Iowa think that. It's just sad that an older generation has not understood that it's time to kind of change your thinking and change your weight. It's in the past. Because it's, it's, exactly. And and even, even then, it wasn't right because you're not better than anyone else, you know, but the things that some of these people say and feel comfortable with it coming out of their mouth is, is sad. And I, and I hope that changes because you have a bunch of young kids that are working their tails off to become better, more productive human beings, let alone basketball. If they can go on and play professionally. Great. But more times than not, they're going professional as the NCAA had in their, in their commercials. 99% of the athletes yeah. are going pro in something else other than their sport. So you never know. You're making these uh, comments. This dude might be the dude that, that um, discovers a new heart valve that might save your life. That might save your life. Pro. Exactly. You know. And you know, and they're providing entertainment, and I guess that's the way they should look at it. The recruiting part of it is fun. I like that. That's what mm-hmm. I do. But it needs to stay within the, you know, the correct realms, I guess, because I just, how nasty it's becoming. And, you know, and I know, like I said to you earlier, what it was like for you and and where it is today. And I know it's changing, but, and again, we talked about the coaches and how hard it is. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a fun game. You know, the yeah. rivalries are great. It's, you know, it's fun to see the kids get out there and compete. That's what people need to always remember, I guess, because these kids, they come from different lives. You know, I've yeah. talked to re- I've talked to recruits and whether it be a mom or a dad or, you know, and everybody's life is different. 
everybody's like, yeah. I, just before I talked to you to do this interview, I just had a nice conversation with um, Kwame Dusuno Isles' dad. I mean, they yeah. just love what everything Illinois did for them. So, you know, and here's a kid that took the recruiting battle and said, hey, I'm going to be different, just like you did. And I yeah. have to applaud, which is why you guys are always going to be special in my heart just because of what you guys did. Because you could have went anywhere. I could have went anywhere. So that's why when I call you a legend, that's what I mean because <laughs> I just enjoy watching you play. And I'm, I'm going to close with this. Back in the day, I was able to vote for all Big Ten, and I was able to vote for AP. I had those votes. And I had a lot of arguments with colleagues because you were on some losing teams. And people yeah. didn't want to vote for you because of that. And I'm like, no, this guy's going up against Jawan Howard and all these guys, Ed, Ed Horton, all these guys, and he's putting up numbers. Don't punish him because of his team not being successful because good person and you produce. So I get mm -hmm. it. I understand. And like, I know all the Illinois fans have seen you play and remember, we appreciate everything you've done. I'm glad you're working for the university and you're working with Brian Barnhart. We enjoy you, Dion. Um, you're a good guy. You're a good spokesperson for the university as well. Well, Tedrick, I, I appreciate that, brother. And I'm going to tell you this. The reason – and we weren't losing. We weren't on a losing team. We just – we were nowhere near as good as we could have been. True. You know, but the bottom line is if Bruce Pearl had not lied, and let's just be quite honest and frank about that. If he had not lied, we would have had Juwan Howard. We would have had Michael Finley. We would have possibly had um, – uh, Quanzo Martin. Martin. Yep. Yes. Now you tell me what how that record look, those records look. Mm. <laughs> look a whole lot different. You You're know. Right. And, you know, and that's what people you know don't get. And if coaches don't do what they're supposed to do the right way, then things fall apart. And 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 it not doesn't just affect you know one person. It affects a bunch of people. You know, there are guys like Larry Smith, for example. If he's able to play and do the things that he was able to do, Larry possibly plays in the in the NBA. Larry's one of the best players off of that '89 team that you know because yes. of the situation was hurt. Marcus told me, Marcus Liberty himself told me, Dion, if we weren't going to go on probation, I was coming back. What happens now with Marcus? Marcus probably plays a lot longer in the NBA because Marcus is one of the best players I've ever seen in my life. Right. You know, and you know, so there's so many things that happen when people do dirty stuff. I mean, Jimmy Collins was probably the next head coach at the University of Illinois. We could possibly have our national championship now, but because of a lie and then someone helps promote said lie, then you, you know, none of those things happen, unfortunately. I don't want to sound like a whiner because I'm not, but we did really doggone well. I think the least games we won was 17. Most people would kill to win 17 yeah. games. You know, right under what his first couple of years, I know that. <laughs> hello, hello, you know, and I was a, you know, I appreciate the vote and, the, and that of others, but I was a four time all Big Ten player, you know, and, and that doesn't, doesn't happen, you know. And if you ask anyone from Juwan Howard, Chris Weber, uh, Glenn Robinson, or anybody else, if Deion Thomas was difficult to defend, I guarantee you they're going to tell you yes. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I wouldn't say, I saw it. <laughs> Cause they doubled and triple teamed me all the time. So uh, no, man, I appreciate you, KP. You know that what you do, how you do it. I mean, you talking about how I'm a spokesman, how you represent what you got, what you do and have the Illini guys and, and all. I mean, 
And you know, you're my phone call anytime I need <laughs> some info as well. You know, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's great what you do and how you do it. And I appreciate you, brother, because, you know, and, and I appreciate the, you know, you know, I, you know, it's hard for me to talk about myself, but I appreciate the, the, the marker of legend. Um, I just try to do my job to the best of my ability and take care and be a good person um, along the way. Well, I'll market. I'll be your market man. I'll do it for you, buddy. Thank you, Dion. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good evening. And again, I'll actually I'll see you tomorrow if you'll be down tomorrow. Yes, you, will. Doing, you know, Purdue game tomorrow. I am. I am. It's gonna be a long day for me. I'm picking my wife up from the airport. She's coming home from Israel at six in the morning, and then I'm hitting the road coming to Champagne. So yes, I will definitely be there. <laughs> All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Dion. I appreciate it. All right, catch you. See you later, brother. Appreciate you.